my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am overjoyed to be sharing with you our last episode of the year. Depending on when you listen to this, you may actually be hearing this at the top of the year or the beginning of the year, but I wanted to end 2023 with us having some prep work going into 2024. So, Of course, this is a time of year that people are doing recaps, they're doing checklists, they're talking about resolutions, they are all giving you your best tips to make the new year a great start. And I actually like that. I know that some people don't like that they may feel as overdone or cheesy, but I think that having a set point for a reset, and sometimes it's the beginning of the year, sometimes it's the middle of the year, sometimes there's an event that triggers it in us, but it doesn't matter when it happens. The point is when it happens, it's important to move forward. It's important to take that inspiration and that desire to create transformation in your life and work with it. So I was thinking about 2024 for us here at BGH, and I was thinking about a lot of things that I've seen in my personal circles and the world and culture. And then also, of course, what I teach here in regards to women in our relationships. And I just want I want only good things for us. As Black women, I want us to be walking so deeply in love, in love in all forms, in our self-love, in love in our relationships. I want us to feel safety and security. I want us to have tribe and community around us that we know will be there for us and that we know will be not only our chosen family, but that they will have our back in multiple ways, that they give as much as they receive from us and also vice versa. And I have been really, really passionate about this, again, based on so many things that I've seen recently in in pop culture and a lot of women who deserve the world who are not getting it. And I know that there are so many women in this community who deserve the world but are not getting it. And I know there are so so many women in this community who deserve the world, are receiving it, and don't feel worthy of it. And so many women who are building this amazing world for where they are, and it's really hard for them to feel settled and to trust that they are in the good time of their life. That they It's hard for them to actually believe that they are in the golden stage of their life. What is it? The good old years? Because they're so used to living in hyper hypervigilance and trauma. And it's hard for them to actually be happy and for that to not be a fear for that for there to not be anxiety when good news are good news is happening for you because then the next thought is like okay something good is happening so that means something bad is going to happen you know and i just want abundance and love to be our ongoing normal state and everything else is a deviation from what our normal equilibrium our neutral state is of happiness and joy 
And so when I was thinking about all that, I was like, okay, we're getting serious in 2024 and we are hitting the ground running. So I've decided that we are going to spend the first 90 days of 2024 here on BGH working together to make the next, well, not only the next year, but the next stage of our life, our best life. And we're going to be looking at our relationship with ourself, with our money, with our mamas and family trauma, and with men. So for those of us who may be in romantic relationships with men, so we're going to be looking at all those things. And I'm going to tell you about what that's going to look like in this episode and also give you some prep work and homework for us to start to take that next step. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. So here at BGH, I help women who struggle with love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation. So those of us who have over-attached to relationships, over-attached to love or the idea of love in hopes that it will fix something deeper within us, sometimes this is conscious, conscience, and sometimes this is unconscious. And I help women who will tend to push other people away, and then the women who also put themselves last. And all these things are happening to a person's detriment. So even though you're consciously aware of what is happening, even though you really are trying to create change, it is difficult, if not impossible, to, for you to do so because this is all connected to underlying trauma. And so here, I really try to integrate talking about our trauma and also some mindset changes and things for you to keep in mind, red flags to look out for, green flags to look out for, for you to create change, right? So that is that is just the basis of what we do here, or at least what I do here. And when I think about what the love addict, and I'm going to, I'm going to use love addicts for abbreviation. I may go back and forth between love addict and love avoidant, but for the most part, most of us hold dual identities with this, and it just changes depending on the relationships that are in front of us. Our insecure attachment can pivot and morph and change depending on um, on what our triggers are and the relationship that we're engaging with in front of us. So but for brevity, when I think about the love addict and the thing that we need to heal, we need to heal our relationship with ourselves. We need to heal the way that we will abandon ourselves, reject ourselves, that the ways that we will doubt ourselves and believe that we are not deserving. 
the ways that we can get in our own way. And we will feel like, especially those of you who've been doing this healing work for a long time, we get to a place where we really truly feel like we are ascending. We have gotten so far and we've grown only to have moments that make it feel as if we are newbies. <laughs> it makes it feel as if like, why is this so hard? Why is it so hard for me to push past this point in my life? And sometimes it is external traumas and triggers that are happening to you. But for the most part, it really is. It can come back to your relationship with yourself. What do you feel like you are deserving of? What are the skills that you have on how to nurture and love yourself when there is chaos happening around you? Do you know how to give that to yourself? Or has there been an over-dependence on other people, whether or not it's a romantic partner to encourage you or a family member or a pastor or someone else? And so when you do not know how to, when those people or those entities are not available, then it's hard for you to not only ask for help, but it's hard for you to feel any relief. So do you go to shutting down? Do you go to numbing out? Do you go to trying to um, get someone else to come and fill that hole or get another addictive behavior to come and fill that hole to help comfort you? And just in general, how do you feel about yourself as a person, right? Because when you have a lower sense of self, and you can have a really low sense of self and be the most accomplished person in the world. You can be surrounded by a lot of people who tell you you're amazing. You could be someone who says out loud that you are amazing. But our our relationships and how we show up in this world is a mirror of how we feel about ourselves. So if I really truly believe that I was queen, goddess, empress, worthy, a treasure, there are there some situations that if you truly believe that and knew that about yourself, would you be taking that type of treatment? Would you be showing up more? Would you be asking for more? Would you not feel so insecure when someone is treating you with all that intention and attention and attention and intention <laughs> and not doubt it? Not feel like, okay, what's what's the catch here? What what's going on here? Versus no, this is how it should always be. So our relationship with ourselves. Our relationship with our mothers, our mother, our relationship with our mother is our first relationship. It contributes so much to who we are, starting from even when we are in the womb. We already know about epigenetics, right? And that trauma and, you know, different things like that can be passed through our, through our bloodlines uh, biologically. But when you are in the womb, you feel what your mother is feeling. You feel her thoughts about you. You feel her thoughts about yourself. And so we have found that trauma starts, or at least can start prenatally. And whether or not you feel worthy uh, or deserving to be in this world, whether or not you feel wanted, whether or not you feel as if you are a burden to this world, or whether or not you feel like you are a blessing to this world. And even though our other relationships absolutely contribute to this, relationships with fathers or with grandparents and with aunts and uncles and with teachers and all the other people who are around us as we grow up, they all matter. But our relationship with our mother is our first interpersonal relationship. And so depending on how that goes or how it doesn't go, that can create 
really long lasting effects in our own sense of self-worth, what we feel about love, what we feel we are deserving of, the type of partners we pick, the type of partners we don't pick, whether or not we hide, whether or not we show up, or even how we work with other women in, in our relationships with them. Are we able to make and maintain healthy relationships with other women? Do we feel trust there? Do we prefer to, to be by ourselves? Do we tend to find women who are just like our mothers or just like the other women in our life? And is that a good and beneficial thing for us? Or is it a not so good and beneficial thing for us? And a, a million other ways that our mother relationships contribute to how we show up and whether or not we have what Kelly McDaniel calls mother hunger. And if we are constantly searching for something deeper in other places where the wound actually started with our mother trauma. And so looking at that is what we need as love addicts to heal and to recover and to create new stories and remove uh, or heal wounds that are related to that. Our relationship with money is huge as well. You know, this has come up a few times in my recovery school program, especially recently with a lot of my students who are working through their own money trauma, because the thing about money is money is so deeply personal and emotional. It is on the same level. Like when we think about money, it can and it does provoke the same amount of emotions that a romantic or intimate relationship would. Do I trust money? Do I feel like I'm deserving of money? Do I feel like money is actually going to take care of me or is money going to leave me right when I first need it? Is this, do, do I feel worthy of being really wealthy and having a whole lot of money? Do I feel almost like some survivor skills and that I need to give money away to take care of other people because I can't have too much? Do I need to hoard all this attention and love um, because I'm afraid it may go away from me. And in the realm of money, that looks like money hoarding and looks like there's not enough savings or money that I can have where I can actually feel safe. And with that, how do I plug that hole? If there is, is there actually an amount of money where I feel like I can feel complete and whole? And understanding that that type of fear and anxiety can happen across the board, whether or not you are paycheck to paycheck or whether or not you make multiple six figures a quarter or a month or more, you know, and that is all based on what type of attachment we have to money. And there is such a cross connection between our intimate physical relationships with other human beings, with money, and also with our sense of self, because then how do I take care of myself? What do I go to or not go to when I'm feeling in need of comfort? Do I feel like I actually have access to resources to take care of myself and to comfort myself? Do I put certain relationships on pedestals because they are sources of financial support? Am I in codependent benefactor relationships with other people where I am taking care of them and I am not taking care of myself? Or I am sacrificing and abandoning myself because this is what love and intimacy is supposed to look like, right? And so, again, money is so, it is so deeply emotional, personal, and whether or not you grew up and you were financially stable or whether or not you grew up with a lot of poverty trauma, which is very real trauma and um, something that can feel like it takes a lifetime to unlearn. 
And that type of poverty trauma also will show up in our intimate relationships, like that idea of lack and feeling like you have to take what's in front of you or make do with with what's in front of you because something better may not come, you know, which will show up in our intimate relationships and show up in in the things that we do in our career and the ways that we treat ourselves. So we're going to, we need to look at our relationship with money as well. Because if we don't have a good relationship with money, it doesn't matter how many financial classes we take, we may sabotage our efforts with money. Or again, we may be making progress, but there's still a hole that never gets filled, you know? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And then the last one, of course, our relationship with men, our relationship with romantic partnerships for those of us who are attracted to men, you know, what, as a love addict, as a love avoidant, but as a love addict, where do we feel like we are in relationship with men? Again, I've said before, I've said a few times on very recent episodes, I see that right now, at least in popular culture and in social media on my feeds, there's a lot of conversations about decentering men, decentering relationships, people actively choosing to be happily single for those of those who are single. And these are people who may have never been married, who are like, um, I deserve more and choosing to remain single. Those people who may have been in long-term committed partnerships saying, uh, this is not going to be my story and changing that. And then on the other side, there are so many people who are consistently falling in love and they're finding their person and they are finding someone who has made all of this trauma and drama worth it, right? And so either way, no matter what side you're on, I've said before, I'll start with the second example I just gave or the second um, different path for those who may be in healthy, committed partnerships and, and you're with a person who is mutually, it's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. If your past is based in love addiction, love avoidance, finding that partner is not like the, oh, yay, I did it, because that relationship is still just going to be a mirror and a reflection on things that you need to learn and grow in, even in the best of circumstances. You know, y'all are two different people who grew up in two different ways and have different communication styles. And no matter how much you have in common, you're still going to be norming and storming and figuring out what works and how to build a relationship. Uh, that that is true to the both of you. And so that's going to take some conversation. It may take some conflict. And so you're going to learn a lot about yourself, especially if you have an insecure attachment. For some folks, having fights and having discord is a reason to run, is a reason to cut your losses and get out of there because you don't know how to stay present and to move forward. You don't know how to give folks the benefit of the doubt or on the love addictive side, you don't know how to be in an intimate partnership and maintain your sense of identity and not become, I'm ex's partner, right? Or I'm such and such is mother. And that becomes the full label and description and summary of who you are versus just an aspect of you. And so being in this relationship is you still learning how to maintain yourself, your friendships, your goals, and not completely merge and become kind of this needless, wantless entity, which is not what brought you into this partnership in the first place. What brought you into this partnership is being your full self if it is a healthy partnership. And so not to not lose that. Going back on the other perspective, how do we move forward 
with raising our standards. If we are at the place where we're like, well, I need to raise my standards or you have raised your standards and how are we operating in the world in this world of romance or dating, even if, because what I've noticed is there's a lot of people who may have decentered and deprioritized relationships, but that's not the same thing as saying you don't want one. It's not the same as saying you're going to completely choose celibacy forever. You're choosing celibacy or you're choosing singleness until you find a relationship or a partnership that actually adds to your life, right? Is is more intentional, but it's not in either one of the extremes, right? A lot of people are finding balance. And there are people who are like, oh, balance, that sounds great. How do I find that? So we need to be talking about that. So like I said, for the first 90 days, for the next three months, I've decided that we are going to have, I'm calling it our winter semester. I've created a syllabus. I've created a guide that you can download for free. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024 and download the syllabus and this guide. And for each one of these topics, uh, we're going to have a me month. We're going to have a mama trauma month. We're going to have a money month and we're going to have man month. I know I said four topics and then there are only three months. And so there are 13, there are 13 weeks. And so some of our air quote months, have three weeks or three weeks worth of lessons, which will be here on the podcast. And some will have four um, lessons. So for each of these themes, I'm going to talk about different topics underneath each of those that are particular for us as love addicts and love avoidance, important for our healing to unlearn so that we can move forward. So at the end of each month, we will have a workshop where we are going to go deeper into each theme. So um, you'll have your guide. You're going to be taking notes when I tell you y'all. I'm serious about 2024 for us. I'm serious about us. I'm serious about us making changes and you getting what you want. Uh, I have spent a lot of time during this holiday break really working on this and brainstorming this for us. So I am when I tell you I'm excited about the next three months together, it's going to be great. But anyways, uh, and on top of each episode going into this theme, like I said, we are going to have a workshop where we are going to spend time together, hours together, going deeper into the stuff, releasing this trauma, moving forward, creating new skills, new practical applications in the realm of our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with money, our relationship with our mothers, and our relationship with men. Um, and I'm really excited about going forward. Uh, the first workshop is going to be on January 20th. A re replay will be available. If you cannot attend live, you can still submit questions. You will be able to participate in any way that you are available to, because again, I want to make sure everyone can have access to this. It is online. And the first month, the me month, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the theme for that workshop but we're going to be focusing on building our own self-romance and truly feeling fulfilled within. This is such a basic skill for all of us, you know, no matter what our relationship status is, because you are the one who can make yourself the happiest, even with a partner that dotes on you and attends to you and is super thoughtful, you are still going to have your moments and your time and be within your own skin and be within your own thoughts. And so how do you feel about your body? How do you feel about your soul? Do you feel like you're worthy? Do you feel like you're good enough? Can you have fun by yourself? Do you feel like you're kind of just going through the motions? Um, all of those things are so important 
And so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to be releasing trauma that has been keeping us stuck from actually moving forward in this. We're going to do a lot of self-nurturance work so that we know how to deal with triggers and things that get in the way when we're feeling really high and then something comes and disappoints us. I'll talk about more, talk about that more in the future. But for now, just know that each of these workshops I'm very, very excited about. But in the meantime, each of the podcast episodes building up to our themes are going to be really great. So when you download the guide, you'll actually be able to get a sneak preview of what the different topics are going to be for our me month. And we will be looking at healing ourselves by way of how we show up in our relationships and not just romantic relationships. So I'll go ahead and tell you one of the episodes we're really going to be looking at codependency and learning how to not abandon ourselves to make other people comfortable and really learning how to balance being compassionate and loving while also being compassionate and loving to ourselves. And so really excited about that. So you'll get a preview for each month and I'm going to update the guide as we go along with more notes and more more resources and all those things. So again, you can get that guide for free by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024. And um, you can download it and have it for what I'm about to do with you right now. So I thought about doing a a free workshop to kind of kick this off, you know, and talk about this is what I want to do for 2024 and, you know, have us all come together. But we're busy, y'all. We're busy. I mean, even even me doing these workshops, so I'm like, I want to make sure that people who are ready for this can get started where they are. And as much as I would love for us to get together at the onset, I know we're going to be getting together later on. So I decided, you know what, let's go ahead and start our prep work for this here in the final episode of the year. So that's what we're going to do. I'm about to give you a whole bunch of self-assessment questions for you to dig into in each of these categories so that we can move forward in 2024. And now I'm going to give you a series of self-assessment questions for each of these categories for you to keep in mind. These are going to be a lot of questions for each of these categories. So you can write them down or you can just download them um, in the guide and they are going to be at the top. Right after the overview, there's going to be a let's get started section, and it's going to go over all these questions that I'm about to give to you now. Okay, so the first question or the first section that we are looking at and we're self-assessing is our relationship with ourself for our me month. So what is my relationship with myself right now? When I look into the mirror, how do I feel? Do my relationships reflect the amount of love that I feel for myself or want to feel for myself? Where are the places that I'm not prioritizing myself? Who or what gets the most attention in my life right now? If I start to live my life truly as I want to, if you're not already, what is the best thing that could happen? What is the worst thing that can happen? How would I describe the ideal relationship with myself? For our mama trauma months, which is also going to extend to family trauma, but there's going to be emphasis on mother wounds and mother trauma. What is my relationship like with my mom slash family right now? In three words, how would I describe my current relationship with my family members? 
how would I describe my relationship with my mother? If she's no longer with you, how would you describe your relationship to her memory? How could it be better? How could things be worse? How has my relationship with my family impacted my sense of self growing up? How does it impact me now? Is there anything I'm still holding on to from my family relationships or my relationship with my mother, past or currently happening, present, that are weighing me down that I would like to let go? Money Month questions. What is my relationship like with money and abundance right now? How do I feel about money itself as an entity? Neutral, scared, anxious, untrusting, excited, confident, hopeful. What did I learn about money growing up? Do I feel more connected to lack and loss or prosperity and growth? Do I feel worthy of the wealth that I have? Do I feel like I will ever have enough to still to feel complete, to feel safe, to feel secure? How would I like to feel about money and its flow if I'm not currently where I want to be? And by where I want to be, meaning your relationship with money, your feelings around money. And then for men months, for a man month, what is my relationship like with men and romantic partnerships right now? How do I feel about romantic relationships? Hopeful, satisfied, happy, bitter, distrusting, overwhelmed, disappointed. Do I feel like I understand men and the differences in how we communicate? Am I in contact with those who do not deserve me or who are not on my level? And if so, why? Do I feel worthy of the types of relationships that I want? Am I allowing healthy and available others to give love to me? Am I able to maintain my sense of self when in a relationship or do I lose who I am? And then this part, I would love to hear from y'all uh, to share with me if you would feel open to emailing me or even DMing and my assistant will get it to me. But based on these self-assessment questions, when you're done, what is one goal that you would like to accomplish or a belief that you would like to change in regards to each of these categories? So what beliefs or goals do you have for your relationship with yourself? your relationship with your mom, mother figure, family, your relationship with money, and your relationship with men and romantic partnerships. Okay. All right, y'all. So y'all have a lot of homework <laughs> for this week. So I'm going to leave y'all to it. Again, you can download the guide for free by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024. You can also start to save your spot in the workshops that we have. You can sign up for the workshop that you want and you can get them all together at the same time too. If each, if each one of these categories, or you're like, I want them all. 
then you can bundle them all together as well. So that's it for now. I look forward to seeing you in our first episode of 2024. And it's going to be a great one. All right. Talk to y'all soon. As always, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.